Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This will be episode number 33. I like that number. So my co-host here would love to have more coffee in her life. And as you can see, she's drinking out of our Layla and Coffee Talk mug, which you can win in our merch giveaway. If you just tune in at the end of the show, tell you how to enter for that. It's completely free. You can win the Layla and Coffee Talk mug, another mug, one other kind of mug, or a t-shirt in a variety of sizes, flavors, and colors. Mm, they, are they flavored? They are. They taste like are raspberry, they like and strawberry, schnozberries. <laughs> now we're definitely getting a copyright oh, violation, no. <laughs> but we offer those in all flavors. They may or may not come with flavors, patent pending. So you can buy her the coffee if you look at the little icon on the bottom left of your browser. Left. That's left. Right now it's iced coffee because it's so darn hot. It is. It's very hot in Georgia. Yeah. I saw a meme and it's like the Mario and it's like that that level where the sun was trying to kill you. That's Georgia. That's Georgia. <laughs> and it ain't even really summer mm-hmm. yet here when it really gets hot and sweaty. So, Crystal, how have you been this week? I've been really good before it got too hot. We got a beach day on Saturday. Because you you said before it got too hot, but what did you do all day today? <laughs> I worked in the yard in the sweltering heat. She did indeed. I planted your hot peppers. I'm making like hot to sauce. We're going to have Scary we Savannah like and Beyond hot 12 sauce. 12 bottles of hot sauce in the fridge that you made. They're aging. They're aging. They are. So you're growing like, like a fine so wine. many different peppers, but I have to plant them and take care of them. <laughs> well, you're the one with the green thumb. You know what happened if I planted them? Well, like what happened We've the other day. We've already seen yeah. what happens <laughs> when I plant things. <laughs> they, they die. They die. In horrific, albeit not my fault kind of ways. Yeah. Somehow it's still my fault. It's really windy here sometimes and they fell over and you didn't pick them up. And I did eventually. Yeah, today. When you told me to. Like two weeks later. They're still good. They still look like they might live. I don't know how. Yeah, they're still going to be able to hold on. I They've hope. just been laying on the deck for <laughs> a couple of weeks. That's how you, you, you get them earthy. Yes, yeah, so this could be like a new, like cool flavor. That I'll never be able to replicate. You won't be able to replicate it. But I like them hot. Got Carolina Reapers. Got jalapenos, got some... Did you get ghost? They didn't have any ghost peppers. Uh, So this week, while researching more of Savannah's haunted locations, I came across a really interesting story. This one has history, ghosts, Harry Houdini, and even a connection to a serial killer. It's like those boxes of cereal where they have all the different... Flavored marshmallows and the various shapes and sizes. And you only want to eat the marshmallows, not those little like corn pellets or whatever they are. Although, to be fair, I did like it when the milk made it real soggy and the marshmallow stuff sort of crept into the oaty stuff. No, like I can't. it got sort of like candy. I hated soggy cereal. Like I would put just enough milk to like get it wet, but I could never have like, oh, and you know, like you would drink the milk out of the bowl. I would. That would disgust me. Wow. I could never drink the milk out of a bowl this of is, cereal. This is from a person who also doesn't believe in letting any of her foodstuffs touch each other on a plate. Never. Everything in its separate little compartment where I'm just, I'll actually put lettuce onto spaghetti noodles. Oh, no. With spaghetti sauce and Italian, and Italian dressing, dressing and red pepper flakes. <laughs> that is wrong. It's not wrong. It's good. And if you ain't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. That's wrong. I could never. I can't even bite into a tomato. You think I'm going to try that? 
You are yeah. truly not a Southern I know. Belle. Like, I've never had a tomato and mayonnaise sandwich, which is a thing here. That is literally all we're known for. I know. And I, I can't do it. So tell me more about this wonderful place we'll be discussing today. It has nothing to do with cereal. However, I do have an upcoming story about cereal. Funny enough. I didn't know that. I know you didn't. I can't That's wait to funny. hear it. You what can, does Sugar Smacks do? It's Kellogg's. That's who makes Sugar Smacks. It has a really interesting Isn't origin it? Or is it story. General Mills? I don't know. It has a really interesting origin story. You can find this historic locale at 24 East State Street in the Northeast block of Wright Square. Remember Wright Square? What happened there? Where they hung Alice Riley. That's right. You may recall that in our first episode. Yeah, it's been When there. we made it 84 years ago today. <laughs> in a building known as the Patrick Duffy, not to be confused with the actor Patrick Duffy. It was the actor Patrick Duffy. You don't Duffy. know who that is? Nah. Okay, I'll tell you how you would know him. He was the dad on Step by Step. That was TGIF? Mm-hmm. I don't... Is that the one that had the guy named Cody and he was like a karate yeah, guy? Yeah, and they had to write him off after the first yeah, season. Yeah, turns out that whole domestic disturbance yeah. stuff just don't go real well. <laughs> well, the rest of the world would know him as uh, Pat. I think it was... Uh, Something Ewing on Dallas. It was the young oh, one. Oh, on Dallas, yeah. Everyone that's older than us watched Dallas. I never watched, we watched any him on, soap operas. Well, you it was like a, it was a nighttime operas. soap opera. I didn't see it. My parents. It's loved older it. than I would be watching it. But he was like the younger one. I don't know. But I I know him from step by step. This building houses one of the oldest businesses in operation in the city of Savannah. It's Bradley Lock and Key. This building is really cool. The signage is amazing. We have some pictures. One sign says, we sharpen everything but your wits. And Clever. <laughs> we fix anything but a broken heart. And we make all kinds of keys except whiskey. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. This looks like something that would be on a sign hanging over somebody's bathroom. <laughs> what if the sign's hanging over their bathroom? It might be. Remember the first time we saw this place? What did you say? The first time I saw it, I said, that place is surely haunted. But... The more we were in Savannah, you could practically point at anything like the McDonald's. And oh, say it's not the McDonald's. You never posted the video where we were outside of McDonald's. It might be on this episode. Okay. Okay, so here we are in front of one of the most haunted locations in Savannah that you've heard me talk about on multiple episodes of our podcast. The Haunted McDonald's restaurant on Broughton. As you can see, the terror in the eyes of the people standing in line but they can't stop themselves because they want to get one of these really good haunted big mac value meals you know what i'm talking about the kind of stuff that haunts you well after you've eaten it so this is it the haunted mcdonald's on broughton anyway yeah i remember the first time we saw it this is when we had just started coming to savannah and so we didn't know everything was haunted but we saw that and we're like that place is definitely haunted. you spoke of origin stories Mm mm-hmm we should do our origin oh, story should. at some point about why we're in Savannah. Started in 1883, if you need a key made, a safe opened, luggage repaired, or a knife sharpened while you're here on vacation, then this is your go-to location. They can even match those old-timey skeleton keys. I remember my great-grandmother, who was born in the 1800s, and she lived in this Mill Hill house, which if you don't know what a Mill Hill is, this is a very, well, North Carolina was a very big textile region. And they had all these similar houses built around the mills where people lived. And all the doorknobs in her house had those skeleton key things in them. Mm-hmm. Creepiest looking things you've ever seen. And if you've ever had a real skeleton key, it's uh, it just, as a child, you just wanted it. 
So I stole one. I'm sorry. It's, I'm finally admitting it. <laughs> I did stole it a skeleton for my great-grandmother. Oh, my gosh. When I was a child. I can't believe she's not haunting us to this day. Why do you think the lights were unplugged? That might be. We came in here and everything was unplugged. The fish tank, the every single lamp. And, and only me and Crystal are here. And Our Elijah, other child but he would doesn't, not come in this room yeah, for any reason there's no whatsoever. Reason. He doesn't come out of his room unless he's going to work and that's it. So he would never walk into this room. So I've just confessed to the crime that I committed against my great-grandmother back 25, 35 years ago. Oh, I feel better about myself now though. According to Yelp reviews, they have the best service in town and keys only cost $1. Really? Really. Just make sure you have cash if you're spending less than $10 because they don't take credit cards for amounts under 10. They even make house calls. So it sounds like they've maintained that local hometown service that was first established by a man named Simon Bradley. So here's a quote from Simon Bradley's grandson, Dini, who was in 2015, around age 80 something. My grandfather started it. He rode around a long time on the trolley and he had seen people with big old necklaces on them with keys on them. He said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make keys. Thank you for that. Yeah, so that's that gentlemanly what, enough yeah, for that, you. Yeah, that's exactly what he sounded like. I, I watched this uh, news segment where he said that. It was amazing. So imagine just riding around on a trolley and you see people. I didn't, I've never heard of people wearing I'd be like necklaces. Nowadays, with. riding on the the Chattel Mary Transit and seeing somebody with headphones in and being like, "I'm gonna make headphones." <laughs> And they're know. like, sit down, Grandpa. This is- <laughs> well, I mean, it was really actually a Apparently good idea. it worked out for him. Yeah, it was a great idea. So Simon had a son named Aaron Bradley, who was a hypnotist who actually worked with Harry Houdini. We got connections. Yeah. He traveled with Houdini at times, and they shared secrets of the trade. He was so fond of Harry Houdini that he named his son William Houdini Bradley. He was known around town as Dini. This is the man that we just read the quote from. Okay. Deanie was a fixture downtown in his shop until his death in 2019 when his grandson, Andrew, took over running the shop. So this is a fifth generation run business. It's not something you see every day. Congratulations on that. Mm -hmm. George Seconder, who has worked at Bradley since 1975, said, quote, Mr. Bradley and myself been known to make them keys out of drill bits and pieces of metal because some of the older locks you can't get key blanks for anymore. Office manager Lisa Bedgegood said of Deanie Bradley, he's always interacting with customers and all the small kids who come in, they always leave with keys. He'll put them on a key ring and tell them, those are your keys to Disneyland or those are your keys to the Batmobile. Remember when you were a kid and people would tell you stuff like that and you'd believe them and, and life was great and then you became an adult and you realized that, in fact... There is no such thing as the Batmobile. There's no key to the Batmobile. That's I would have wanted the key to Barbie's dream house, probably not. A I would have wanted the key to the Millennium Falcon. Do you think it had a key? I thought you just push a bunch of buttons. You could just punch it. Mm-hmm. Sort of like you do on old cars. Andrew Bradley, who runs the shop now, says, We can do anything. Fix just about anything. We can make keys for the new cars and still fix the old Victorian houses. So we do both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, so Andrew, you know, is 24, so he's young, and he realized they needed to get into the uh, car key business for the current cars. Smart man. And uh, Deanie was a little bit like, 
We're yeah. not making headphones, son. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, them computer chip crap. You know, we can't find, you know, it was like, he was a little resistant to it, but he, he also realized they had to get into that. So they did. A did. little screaming at some clouds. Yeah. So they did. And, uh, they're moving right along. So, so far, this just sounds like a normal family run business, right? I feel like this is where it takes a turn. <laughs> There's a little bit more. Remember Dini Bradley? How could I forget? His father was a hypnotist that traveled with Houdini, and Dini Bradley had a fondness for his namesake, Houdini, as well as all kinds of antiques. He proceeded to fill his shop with all kinds of antiques and collectibles over his six decades as owner. You will find all kinds of interesting objects in the shop. It's worth going even if you don't need a key made. It's like a time capsule. Can you just go in and walk around and not be weird? Yeah, you can, but I mean, for a dollar, you might as well get a key made. Yeah, I wonder if they'll make me a skeleton key. They will. I say, here's my drill bit. <laughs> there are a ton of old keys. I mean, just like walls of keys. Just So can you just pick one out at random? I think you can. Be like, I like key away. number 76. And he's like, oh, you picked the one to the haunted mansion. There you go. It would be cool. Like, take it around and see if it opens anything. Just like Jimmy a lock yeah, with it. Yeah. Be like, what do you know? This one opened up the vault. To the, in the bank. <laughs> in the bank. <laughs> I got the key. How could I be illegally stealing funds? Forgot the daggum key. There's a vintage cash register, an historic bell, tons of old photos, a Donald Duck statue, which really creeped me out, old clocks, a deer head for some reason, photos of Houdini. The list just goes on and on. There's no telling what you might find tucked away in the corners. I'll tell you what you find tucked away in the corners. What? Hauntons. Usually we talk about ghosts that died or were killed in these locations, but in this case, it's a different type of haunting. Some people believe that spirits can become attached to prized possessions and leave residual hauntings, and that seems to be what's going on at Bradley's Lock and Key. There's no telling where all these objects came from or the story they can tell. Many of these objects seem to have a presence attached to them. The friendly daytime atmosphere seems to change at night. Passersby have reported seeing figures moving down the aisles long after closing time. Why are they standing there looking in the windows is what I want to know. Long after closing time. Yeah. Well, I tell you why, because everyone's hanging around out in Savannah at yeah, night because they've doing? been drinking. Look, looking in the windows. They staggered off of River Street. That's <laughs> on down a little ways. Yeah, you know, little come down far. off River Street. And I'll tell you one thing about this place. It's really cool in the daytime, but where it sits. Yeah, you don't want to be there at it's night. It's a little bit tucked away. It's like there's a square right over beside it. Right but it's a side, street, a side street coming off of it where it sits. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like a, maybe a kind of place you don't want to just hang around yeah, So at why night. are you standing there looking in the windows? The old cash register is- You know we're both going to be ending up standing there <laughs> long after business <laughs> hours go. staring in the windows. So yes. now you know why. Yeah, we will. The old cash register is said to open and close on its own frequently. Sets of keys jingle on their own. That's terrifying to me. I don't know why. Just the thought of keys jingling. You're scared of keys jingling. I am, like, because it's it would be like some. Have some walking. kind of traumatic experience as a baby. No. Somebody jingle some keys in front they of you. They might have. And you would have remembered it. <laughs> I might have. It's not as scary as ghost children, but it's close. Keys wouldn't just move unless there's a force. You know what I mean? So I just I don't know. Don't like it. Some people even report seeing the ghost of Harry Houdini himself, who died at the age of 52 of a ruptured appendix. I doubt this is credible because Houdini was a huge skeptic of spiritualism and psychic mediums during his life, even testifying before Congress to have fortune tellers prosecuted as criminals. Do you know that? I actually did know that. But you saying this makes me wonder, I wonder if Houdini ever came to Savannah. 
I don't know. I didn't see any anywhere that he did. It seems that in his early days, he billed himself as a spiritualist, but later in his life, he had concluded that it was all a big sham. Yeah, he probably, based on his skill set and what he knew, knew all the ways that these yeah, hucksters were, were fooling people because he knew sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. So I find it unlikely that he'd be a ghost in a locksmith building in Savannah. Well, I find that to be the exact reason he would be a ghost in a locksmith building in Savannah, the most haunted city in America. Yeah, but he the didn't believe in it. That was his thing. He would he would lock himself up. Yeah, I know. And then, you know, be dunked in water mm-hmm. or whatever. And I don't know. It's a whole thing. So I think it's pretty interesting. We might do a story on him at some point. We should. Yeah, he's got, he had a really interesting life. There's an apartment directly above the shop that has seen a great number of tenants come and go over the years. It seems no one stays long because of the paranormal activity. There are reports of personal objects being moved frequently. One man said he would come home and numerous things would be moved, sometimes even being thrown on the floor. Others claim they would feel spots of freezing cold air even in the hot savanna summers. Now, to me, that's not really a bad thing. No. We wow. can all use I mean, a few freezing spots in the house. You can use up in here. Yeah, you know? I know. Like, it's you like, go downstairs you could use for a that while. right now, actually. Mid to late November, and then you can move yeah, on. Yeah. Reports of putrid smells and bloating apparitions have ensured a quick turnover in tenancy in this particular apartment. Well, so, yeah. I, well, now also that might have a normal explanation because you know when we went to a particular place that we were going to stay on Broughton, and it was an older place. Oh, yeah. It had sort of a smell too. Well, that was bats. Well, that's what I was about to say. How do you know it isn't just bats that might be causing that smell? I don't and know. And apparently bats are a protected species, they are. right? Who knew? So you can't take them out to Belfry Mm-mm. because then you'll get fines. So some of these buildings in Savannah, they have bats roosting and it is not a pleasant smell. It is not. I'm just trying to debunk the myth. I'm trying <laughs> what to see if it stands but, up okay, to the Okay, the smells, but what about the apparitions? Oh, that definitely happened. Yeah, so I might leave if I had an apparition. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> we literally had one and we didn't even leave the hotel room we were staying in. Well, that's because we pay a lot to stay there. It's uh, expensive to stay downtown. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> so it seems this place does have its fair share of hauntings like most historic sites in Savannah, but don't let that scare you away. Just make sure to visit during business hours and you'll encounter true Southern hospitality and top-notch service. On the counter, you'll see a bronze plaque covered in dust that reads, There is no other place near this place that is just like this place. So, this must be the place. So as I was researching this story this week, I was surprised to learn that not only is this a haunted location in Savannah, it also has ties to a more current serial killer. The I-95 killer. Aha, so now the shoe is on the other hand. So I suppose you've never heard of him? I have definitely not heard of him. I didn't figure you had. So I remember hearing about this, uh, not too much because it was the early 90s. So I've just, I've heard of it, but I'd never really. You weren't quite yet so obsessed with true crime. No, but I have listened to some uh, podcasts about it since then. But I never. But made, none of them probably live right where some of the stuff happened, like no, we do. And they didn't really focus on the connection to Savannah because it was only one victim in Savannah. Yeah. It was all over. So I can't wait to hear about how this connects to Savannah. Gary Ray Bowles, dubbed the I 95 killer, that should have been a clue. A guy who goes by three names. Can't trust him. You can't. He was born in 1962 in Virginia. 
He had a very difficult childhood, to say the least. His father died before he was born of black lung disease after working in a coal mine for many years. He had several alcoholic stepfathers. He was abused from a young age. His mother and brothers were also abused, and he had no protection. He began to sniff glue and paint at a young age as an escape. He finally stood up to his abusive stepfather by beating him severely with a heavy stone. This should have been a red flag, I think. Yes. After this, he became homeless and resorted to prostitution to make money. Though he was not gay, it was his only way of making money. He was arrested in 1982 for assaulting his girlfriend and spent six years in prison. Shortly after his release, he was arrested again and sentenced to four years in prison for assaulting an elderly woman and stealing her purse. Loser. He was released after serving only two years in 1991. How can you do this kind of aggravated assault and robbery and stuff and only serve two years? It doesn't make sense. His time in prison did nothing to rehabilitate him, and now his crimes escalated. In March of 1994, he murdered his first victim, John Hardy Roberts, who was 59, in Daytona Beach. John had offered Gary Ray Bowles a temporary place to live, and Bowles repaid the favor by beating and strangling John Roberts to death before stealing his credit cards. Sounds like this man was really messed up. This became his M.O. as he moved north up I-95. Bowles left a probation document at the scene and also was caught on an ATM camera trying to withdraw money from Robert's account. Not a very smart man, it seems. What proved difficult was capturing him, something they were unable to do until five other men in three states had been killed. So they know who this killer is, but catching him is really difficult, even though he's placed on the FBI's most wanted list. We talked about FBI most wanted list the other week. I wonder where he was on the list. It was in the top 10, so... How many are on the list? 10. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. His next victim was David Jarman, age 39, of Florida. And then he moved further north to Savannah, Georgia, where he unfortunately ran into Deanie Bradley's brother, Milton Bradley. Of no relation to the gaming company. No, not the one that made Monopoly or whatever it is. That's Parker Brothers. Yeah, all those newbie games. We should talk about board games yes, at some point. We, we are, are humongous fans. Yes, we are big board game enthusiasts. We have an entire nook of games and not like Monopoly. And we have them, but we would never play oh, them. Oh, we would never play that. That's just, that's amateur We play Euro hour. games. And if you don't know what that is, you should. Yeah, you should definitely look into Euro games. Yeah. Milton Bradley was a 72-year-old World War II Navy veteran. Milton had suffered a severe head injury when his ship sank in the Pacific Ocean, and he later had a partial lobotomy. He was well known around Savannah as a kind, gentle soul who gave whatever he could to those in need. Milton enjoyed hanging around his family's locksmith shop, and like most Savannians, he enjoyed visiting local bars for happy hour, which is where he unfortunately ran into Gary Ray Bowles in May of 1994. Remember, he's already killed two men at this point. Yeah. The next morning, the city of Savannah was shocked to find the bludgeoned, lifeless body of Milton Bradley behind a golf course shed on President Street. That's awful. He had dirt stuffed down his throat. It was a horrific scene. So this guy is a real nightmare. Why would you stuff year old. dirt down somebody's throat? He was just cruel. Was it trying to send a message or was it just It was, was, just it was suffocating him. That's just... Yeah. After he like that, beat him with an old toilet, they said. And that's it was like, horrific. They said it was like one of the worst scenes they had seen, the coroner had seen. Wow. Yeah. He was 72 years old, World War II vet. I hope this guy got or gets what's coming to him. Over the next few months, he went on to murder at least three more men. Alverson Carter Jr. of Atlanta, Georgia, Albert Morris of Wheaton, Maryland, and Walter Jamel Hinton of Jacksonville, Florida. 
So he's moved back down I-95 So he's just staying on I-95. Yeah, it's like right off of 95. All these cities are right off 95. Which is why why they they called him the I-95 killer. So he goes back to Florida, and this is where authorities finally catch up to him in November of 1994. And it's a good thing they called him because he killed six men in a very short amount of time. Like That's fairly prolific for any serial killer, right? And they said he would have just kept on killing this, what they thought. He had no... No intentions of stopping. So there's no telling how many victims he would have killed. He was only convicted of three counts of murder, despite his confession to all six. He was sentenced to death by lethal injection, and though it took 25 years, the sentence was finally carried out on August 22nd, 2019. So he was uh, with his last victim. He was staying with the guy, yeah. And his the friend the friends of the guy knew that they had he had a friend a guy living there with them. And when they find this guy dead, they're like, "Oh, it's this guy." And um, he shows up, and he's like trying to use his credit cards again and stuff like that. And when they confronted him, he just finally gave up. He's like, "Yeah, I'm tired of this. I did it." Mm. And he proceeded to confess to all six murders. They didn't even know that he killed that many. Like they, they didn't even ask. He just started volunteering information. Yeah, because he he knew he was caught, and well, you know, with one murder, you're going to go to jail. So he's like, "Yeah, I did it." He yeah, was with t- one murder, you're going to go was, to jail. With six murders, you might go to the chair. He had assumed another identity, and it was just too much to keep up with. I don't think he was extremely smart. So yeah. he was just tired of trying to, yeah. Running. Yeah. It, it's exhausting, they say, you know, like continually lying and trying to stay, you know. It seems like one of these, other, like the guy we talked about that killed Adolf Coors, that he just. Yeah, he just gave up. He gave up. Yeah. Tired of the run. In a 2014 interview, Gary Ray Bowles said, I just wanted to kill as many people as I could before they caught me. So yes. that was his goal, to yeah. just kill people. Yeah, he was just going to keep on. And then when they caught him, he's like, yeah, I did it. However, right before his execution, after having his last meal of three cheeseburgers, fries, and a pile of bacon, he made this statement. I'm sorry for all the pain and suffering that I've caused. I never wanted this to be my life. You don't wake up one day and decide to become a serial killer. But I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's truly remorseful or just because he knew he was going to die. So I wonder what prompted him. Maybe he reflected near the end on what he had done and... Perhaps had a change of heart. I doubt it. People typically don't change. No, not usually. And uh, he didn't have any last words, they said, like right before. And he didn't have a priest come or a pastor or anything. And he didn't have family. So it's hard to say if he was truly remorseful. That's, you know, it's hard to know. But I looked at his criminal record, which was extensive. And that assault on his girlfriend back in 1982 was classified as battery and threat with a deadly weapon. He only spent a few years in jail. I think it was like six, mm-hmm. which is a very serious offense. And yes. six years. And so I think someone dropped the ball on this one. Sounds I feel like, like it. he definitely should have had a longer sentence and better monitoring. And then when he assaulted an elderly lady, like if you're capable of that. And he already like, had history. Drugs and yeah. Various. He had done felonies. things like, um, you know, ar- like not armed robbery, but robbery and things like that. And it just escalated and he, you if know. you attack an elderly woman, then there's there's something wrong with yeah, you. Well, I, I mean, mean, doing any of, any of these kinds of crimes is obviously not something 
a normal person right. would do. Why are you going to attack an old lady? How much money could she have just, in her purse I anyway? I know, you just wanted to steal her purse. I feel like you could have just stolen her purse. Yeah. You know, like you could probably just take it and yeah. you don't have to assault her. And I feel like if they had done something more, he definitely wouldn't have been out to kill these six men. I mean, it's just... There were so many warning signs. So in an interview with Mark Bradley, who was Milton Bradley's nephew, he spoke of his late uncle, quote, people would approach him, they would need money, and he would just lend it to them, never expecting to be paid back. His uncle also helped people who lived thousands of miles away, like adopting a family from Sri Lanka, and he sent money to them religiously, receiving photos and letters in return. Sometimes I would joke with him, they're going to put a statue of you in Sri Lanka because you're so good to those people. (laughs) So he just seems like such a great guy. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. So it's a really sad chapter in the story of one of Savannah's favorite families. People still speak fondly of Milton, even to this day, and the family appreciates the kindness shown by those who have been patronizing the shop for decades. Hopefully the execution of Gary Ray Bowles brings a small bit of closure and justice for those that knew and loved him. I definitely want to stop in and I want to stand outside the window at night and see what's going on in there. Well, after business hours. Maybe if it's vacant, we could rent the upstairs. We could. Maybe they charge by the night. Maybe. (laughs) We're just here to feel the paranormal stink and cold spots. It's warm (laughs) outside, you know? We could go get a knife sharpened at least. Get the luggage opened. If you can find my knife. I don't know where it is. I don't know what happened to your knife. It got stole by that ghost that done unplugged all these lights. So the first knife you had to leave in the airport because you were going to take it on the airplane by accident. So you bought. I was literally steps away yeah. from the security checkpoint and I had a pocket knife in my big pocket knife in my pocket. And I realized it. Yeah, he looked down and he's like, oh, steps gosh. away from the checkpoint. And I'm like, what do I do? I can't just like walk through with this knife. I can't be like, no. hey, <laughs> not. Pulling the knife on them, but being like, <laughs> yeah. here, take it. I, yeah. I take it. You could have it. I didn't mean to bring it. Yeah. You know, it so like, I saw a little trash can off by the side. Yeah. So I jumped the line, threw it in the trash can, probably got on a FBI watch the list. The thing about doing Brett it. is he does not like to break rules at all. I like, don't like at to break all. Rules. He can't. I'm a good person. He is. And it just kills Very him. Very humble. <laughs> you are. It just kills him to even think he would do like he would never take a knife into the airport on purpose and when he realized it aren't you glad you realized it before we walked up to the in a way i'm sort of curious what would have happened if i because i wouldn't have known i would have just walked right through that metal detector and they would have been like excuse me sir (laughs) i wonder if they would have been polite about it or if they would have like thrown me down and you know know. and assaulted me that would have been i would have been like i'm sorry i did not do this intentionally yeah trust me if there's a person out there in this world that would not want to bring a knife, knife into on an airport. airplane. No. It's me. <laughs> yeah, it was you. And so then you bought a replacement for that, and yeah. now it's disappeared. So it's gone. Maybe it's the same ghost that's turning off the lights up here. It's my great-grandmother. Oh, she wants that skeleton key back. What'd you do with it? I don't know, what? and I also don't even remember her name. Oh, no. You don't remember grandma? Great-grandmother. Great-grandma what? Daniels was Daniels. her last name. Yeah. I didn't know her first name, but I knew it was great. Was, we didn't call her great grandma. We called her Grandma Daniels. But it she was Granny my great, Daniels? No, it was great. No, Granny was my Your granny. mom's mom. Yeah. And Grandma Daniels was my granny's mom. Okay. Who lived in the haunted mill house with that bed that's like 12 feet off and the, the ground. And the one bare light bulb. The one bare light bulb. Yeah, it did. One bare light bulb, the bed was 12 feet off the ground, had that, you, you know exactly, know. you can see the frame bed I'm yeah. talking about, the, like the brass frame. I've been there with a great grandma Davis. Yeah. Mm. Same thing. But she I didn't have skeleton still, keys? I didn't, yeah, they did. 
Mm-hmm. Actually, the house I lived in, you know, when I was growing up, we had skeleton key door knobs, but we didn't have the actual key. Didn't have the key and lock mechanism was probably broken many yeah, years ago. Yeah, we had too. a different lock on it, but it actually had the the keyholes for the skeleton keys because it was an old house. So tune in next week when we do a deep dive into skeleton keys and 12 foot tall grandma beds. Yeah, we need to go get a skeleton key and like leave it here on the table and see if it disappears. Ooh, we're going to Bradley Lock and Key. Yeah, let's do it. So that brings us to the portion of the show that we like to insert graphic here. What What we're we're watching. watching. So this week, Crystal surprised me yet again by A... Wanting to eat at my favorite Mexican restaurant, which is also named after my favorite cowboy movie, Rio Bravo, mm-hmm. starring none other than John Wayne and Dean Martin and Ricky Nelson. Ricky Nelson. And Ricky Nelson. A young Ricky Nelson. Yes, it was a fantastic cowboy movie. Go watch it. But that's not what we're reviewing this week. Oh, yeah. And B, she wanted to go to a movie theater, which she never, ever wants to do. Of her own free will and see Top Gun Maverick. And I actually surprised myself. Like, I've never said those words, either of those you're, things. You're, you're a big team player. You individually do a ton of teamwork. It was a big sacrifice on my part, but I do actually like Rio Bravo now as much as I hate to admit it. Yeah. We've been going there for years and I always complain because yeah. I'm not a huge Mexican and by fan. By year, she means once or twice a year. Yes, but it's been years and I've never found anything that I really like there. And it's not because their food's not good. It's just I'm not a huge fan of Mexican food. Like they, as far as Mexican food goes, it's great if you like Mexican food. How are food. we married? I don't know. <laughs> but I, I feel finally, like this is their irreconcilable difference. Oh, no, but I found I found the reconciliation. It's called the Island Special. It's really good. It's shrimp and chicken and like a creamy rice sauce. It's yes, really good. queso. Is it queso? I have no idea. They don't have that in They don't have that in Mexico, Mexico, apparently. Yeah. I don't know where we heard that. <laughs> in the Braves game last night. Ah, yes. So. Hashtag for the A. <laughs> and their margaritas are really good, too. They don't give you four of them, though. No, they don't. Not like, like chilies. chilies. You get They've one. They've done that again. Yep. So, apparently, that's a whole thing. But I do drink the Dos Aquí yeah, on tap do. when I'm you there, do. just so I can say, Grande Dos Aquí. And I don't know what possessed me. I want to go to a movie theater. I have ne- I don't remember the last time I said, I want to go see a movie in a movie theater. I don't Do think you? you ever have. I don't have. think I've ever said that. Not once. I have to drag you to yeah. every movie that you've seen yeah, in Yeah, you theater. have to like negotiate like rewards for me to go usually. Yes, you're just like the dog. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I, I'm getting like a treat, if, I, if I'm going to- you for a kiss, you expect something in return. Exactly. You want a treat? Yes. And if I'm going to see a movie, I better get something in return. Yeah. New jewelry, something. I don't know. So this movie is a continuation of the storyline from the original Top Gun movie, obviously multiple decades later. The pilot Maverick from the first movie, Pete Mitchell, played by Tom Cruise, is currently in a government program where they are trying to get this jet to reach Mach 10 because they've been told if they can't do this in a certain time frame, they're shutting down the entire program. Apparently it hasn't been done yet. And it isn't safe, but the guy is literally driving up to the base to shut them down. So, of course, even though he's not the test pilot, I don't think, or if he is, he becomes the test Mm -hmm. pilot. He says, he just jumps in the plane, takes off, and he's like, well, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so, he goes and proceeds to do it. 
and chaos ensues mm-hmm. and won't tell you what happens. But after the results of that, then he's being told, rather than being court-martialed out of the military, he's told he is going back to Top Gun. He's there to train the top pilots of their class of their class because there's a super important mission that has a very low rate of survival that they have to go and try to take out a nuclear site in order to protect everybody i guess it doesn't matter you don't even need to know why it's just you got to go blow this thing up i expected it to be like star wars where you got to hit like right in the hole and that's it. And like that's there's there's one flaw. Almost basically what the storyline was. Except that they made it way more exciting. It was way more exciting. He is to teach these people. And this is a very dangerous mission. And the movie talks about him working with this class of people. As it moves on, you see characters such as his previous co-pilot, Goose's son, is in this movie and plays a role. And it's a very integral part of the storyline. Near the end, you have to find out, was he able to train them to be able to successfully complete the mission? And what happens to Maverick and the other pilots? It's a very intense movie, but it was amazing. Yeah, I'm like, have my hands over my eyes a lot she of the did. time. She did. She was like sitting there. I, <laughs> thought, there like, no. I thought she was asleep, but she's just hiding her eyes because she's like, this is just too much. It was so, it was giving me anxiety. Yeah. So, Crystal, tell me, on our scale of arbitrarily chosen 1 to 12 dog treats. Please give me your rating of this movie and let me know how many of these treats equal how good Tom Cruise looks. Okay, 11. At age 76. He's not 76. Of course, at 76, he'll probably still look that good. He'll probably look exactly the same because he doesn't look any older I than know. he did in the 90s. I know. So I would give it 11 and eight of those are for Tom Cruise. I'm just kidding. You didn't really like the movie that much. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. First of all, I just want to know what he's doing to look this good at 60 something. 60. I think he's 60. So like they have the volleyball scene back in the old one. And this one. 1986. They, they mixed it up and did football on the beach instead of volleyball. And he's like out there with all the guys in their 20s and 30s. And he looked just as good as they did. I don't know. It's probably a CGI body double. It could be. He might have a body double. It really might be. He might I'll be. tell you this much. He is a very beautiful man. I yeah. give him that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Especially since you said that y'all compared him to me just slightly. I mean, like, oh, yeah. Man, yeah. he's going to look yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, he looks just when like I'm that when you're 67. I look that good too. <laughs> so, yeah, I really like the story. The only reason I didn't give it 12 is because it was really long. And, it you know, was long. It didn't end where I thought it was going to end. I know. End. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, I thought it was going to be over. And then I was like, oh. And then I was like, if there's end credit scenes, I'm not staying because like I was done at that point. Well, I did not try to make you I wait, know. even I though I did not know if it did or did not have them. Yeah. Now, to be fair, if it had been a Marvel movie, I would have stayed oh, to I the know. end to watch a five second scene I know of would. Thanos's ear. I know. And I would have been waiting in the lobby. But I wouldn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I would have given it 12 if not for the runtime. But if you don't mind long run times, then that's fine. But I'll give it 11 because it was really good. It had that 80s feel and it had like really good acting. I really liked the dynamic between Rooster and Maverick. And I like John Hamm in it, even though he's younger than Tom Cruise and somehow looks older than him. I don't understand. Well, John, John Hamm's always looked older than he is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Even when he Mad played Don Man, Draper and Mad Older Man. than he probably 
well, obviously at that time, how long has that been? That's been a while. It's been a while. But yeah, he he looked older than Tom Cruise. I don't know how that's possible, but he did. And I like the storyline. I like the drama of it and the romance part was good. Like they built it up better than I think they did in the yeah. first movie. You had mentioned to me when we, when we left the movie that the, the way they focused on the girl in this movie is different. Than yeah. The first I think one. they did a better job with the romance is what I was saying. Yeah. They, they built it a little better and it had a, I, I guess it, it was probably longer than the first one. The, the romantic interest character is written a lot better in this movie than it was in the first one. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind the first one, but I felt the first one was just like, well, there has to be a girl. Yeah. That, this that, one, that's I feel not like, how it feels in this no, one. No, this one, they, they made it a lot more dynamic. Yes. I really liked it. And I would watch it again. Just not and in I theaters. Never, I never say that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not in a theater. Yeah. When I'm it comes st- out. I'm still trying to get her to go see Thor, Love and Thunder with me, but oh, the Thor. last Thor movie was hilarious. I love that movie. Well, which one? The movie Ragnarok. Oh, I didn't like that one. Anyways, <laughs> so Sorry. my feeling about this movie, and I'm literally only giving this movie this rating because you better not Crystal complains every time I do. I'm going to give this movie a 10 out of 12 so that she can feel superior in her movie rating. I actually like this movie. I didn't like it enough to give it a 12 out of 12. And the reason I didn't like it that much was because... In her statement about runtime, I feel like it was a little long. This is not a bad thing. It doesn't make it a a movie that's worse. But there are certain scenes, even involving the actual dogfighting and stuff, that just felt like they went on just a little bit too long near the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. A few pretty much unbelievable things happen towards the end that are just... Well, it has to. has to. Makes sense. It's the way it would have happened in the 80s. Yeah. But it's very entertaining, and I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the characters. I think Tom Cruise might actually be a vampire <laughs> because he does not look like he's aged. I believe the age you see on his face is actually makeup to make him <laughs> make look him like look he's older. aged because, in fact, he is a undead vampire. Like me. Like you. We should eventually do a story on you. Yeah. Because she has been around America, for at least 100 years. <laughs> If not more. So that's a 10 out of 12 for me. I can't believe I gave something more than you for once. I did that intentionally. I wasn't going to give it an 11 because then you'd say I was copying you. Oh, so you could give it an 11. I could. could. I actually want to, but I'm not going to. I want <laughs> to be can, different. We can both do 11. Okay, it's an 11 out of 12 for me. So that brings us to the portion of our show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. So what happened to them this week? They're still both alive. Yeah, they Amazingly. got a new bark box. It came quickly. It felt like we just gave them a bark box. But this one was Jurassic World and it had dinosaurs. Raptor bites. And they were very excited about it. And we always just give, like, we look at them and decide, well, this one looks like one for coffee and this one looks like one for Layla. And Ethan made that decision this time. Randomly. Yeah. I mean, we put a lot of thought into stuff like that. We and do. He's and like, he's just Arr. like, oh, this looks like coffee. And he threw it at her. But... Like Layla's thing is she'll take her toy and she watches coffee. And when coffee finally puts hers down, she immediately goes over and takes it and tries to dissect that one. For we some watched reason. her do it tonight. Yeah, she did it again. And because they have these two pineapple toys that are like, identical. Yeah, they're identical and they're like hard plasticky type 
Something they haven't rubbery, destroyed yet, which is amazing. Yeah, There's it's like nothing they have type not thing. been able to destroy yet. Well, we've had these for many, many, many months. And like we gave it to them one time and they ended up getting in a fight, even though they're identical. So we had taken them and I'd put them on either side of the TV in the living room because they look decorative, even though they're dog toys. Yeah. And then tonight for the first time, Layla saw it up there and she goes over and hits the TV stand. And she she's like, thing. yeah, and she's like, when whining. she wants something, she'll walk she's over like, to mm-hmm. And she hit it. And so I gave her the pineapple, which is what she wanted. I gave coffee her pineapple. And then as soon as coffee moved away from hers, Layla went and got hers and had both of them. She so. didn't just go chew on the other one. She went over, retrieved it, mm-hmm. carried it over to the other one she already had, and she let just it fall to the ground. Them. And then she just chews on one and lets the other one sit there and watches coffee out of the corner of her yeah, eye. Yeah, she just st- sits she there. She doesn't even want the toy. No, she, she just, just wants, wants to, guard to it. have it so the coffee can. Yeah. And they also wanted to get in the hot tub this week. I got in there after work to relax, and here they come up on the steps trying to get in. So they're... I think we have a picture of that. Yeah, we do. I'll try to post <laughs> so that. So cute. And then today, we planted your peppers, and they were a big help with that. I think you took some pictures. Yeah, coffee tried to eat the dirt. Oh, yeah. She was literally eating the dirt. She was eating the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's not poisonous. I know. Who knows what's in that stuff? Well... Like as we're trying, delicious. as we're trying to pick up these giant bags, she's standing on the bags of dirt. She's doing her part. Yeah, so they've had a very busy, busy week. They stink, is what they do. Yeah, they probably need a bath now. Okay, so you can visit us online if you go to scarysavannahandbeyond.com. You can also find us on all social media platforms if you just look for the user at Scary Savannah. As we mentioned previously in the episode. If you would like to help support the podcast and support Crystal's caffeination habit, you can buy her a coffee by clicking on the link on our website, which is on the bottom left-hand side of your screen. Looks like a little yellow coffee cup. And you can donate to her coffee fund so she can keep her Layla and Coffee Talk mug full of good coffee and not just the iced coffee that we've been drinking to try to avoid the scorching summer heat. Is it even summer yet? Um, I think the 22nd or 23rd, so no. Well, it was over 105 degrees today yeah. at one point, so I'm saying it's close enough. <laughs> so if you can do that, we would greatly appreciate it. You can enter our merchandise giveaway to win a free coffee mug or a free t-shirt in your choice of size and color. You just go to and our flavor. And flavor. Schnozberry being the most popular at the moment. <laughs> your flavors may or may not be included. Click on the tab at the top of our webpage. It says giveaway. It'll take you to a form that is literally just putting in information about yourself. Yeah, you don't even have to answer questions anymore. We're making it easier. We made it so easy that you don't even have to be an audience member of our podcast (laughs) to win merchandise from our podcast. Yeah, you can just put your name on there. That's all you got to do, right? Well, you actually do have to fill out two fields, I think, and then hit send. Address. You know, a whole send button. <laughs> but go do that. Enter in that. We want to give stuff away and we got to have people entering in and we've got people entering and we just want to get more and you can win yourself a nice mug or a nice t-shirt. We also have exclusive episodes available on our Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com forward slash scary Savannah, you, for $3 a month, you can get access to exclusive episodes as well as exclusive merchandise that will be given away at different tier levels. It also helps support the podcast. We would ask all of our listeners to take the time, if you would please, to go and leave us a review. You can go to our website. There's a tab that says reviews. 
Click on there and it'll tell you where you can go review our podcast. If you would just take a few minutes out of your day to go write us even a one sentence review, leave us five stars. I hope, please. Thank yes, you. Yes, just five stars. And we would love to hear from you and get feedback on how you're enjoying the show because it's always fun to see people responding to the work that we put into doing this. I believe that's going to leave us with that one last thing. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. But you know who don't. Who? Tell me. Whoever that is is stinking upstairs over <laughs> Bradley Lock and Key. wonder if it's Houdini. Oh, no. Oh, no. It could be. We need, to, we need to do some research into Kristen, this. Go get all the drill bits you can find, and we're heading down to the Lock and Key to get some skeleton keys made. Okay. <laughs>